gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Well, hello. Welcome back to another edition of the My Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. I am G2. Today's episode is 138. And I would like to ask every single one of you, how are you? I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're doing fine for the people out there on the West Coast. That's probably right now dealing with uh, Hurricane Hillary. I hope you guys are in a safe, secluded area. Uh, There's not too much wind gusts. I know right now, as I'm recording this, it's supposed to be a Category 3 with rain, and I don't know if California is, like, built to handle the rain that they said is going to be dropping in certain areas. It's going to be, like, from 6 inches to 10 inches, some areas 3 inches to uh, 5 inches. Um, I just hope that wherever you're at in the West Coast area, whether you're in California, Nevada, Arizona, those are, like, the places that they really honed in on. I hope you guys are uh, safe, and uh, I hope that you guys don't get hit too hard with Hurricane Hillary. And uh, also, people over there in Washington, you guys that had to deal with the wildfires over your own over there, hope you guys are doing well. I hope uh, not a lot of people are passed away from that. I know one has passed, at least that's what I've seen from news reports. Um, if there's more, uh, my thoughts and prayers are on to you guys, and I wanted to get that out of the way first before I get to the National Food Days of the week because that is the first thing that came across my mind, so indulge me in that. Um, But again, I just want to wish, and I hope everybody's fine over there on the West Coast because you guys are dealing with certain things that I don't think you guys have dealt with in a long time. I know they said uh, hurricanes over in California hasn't happened in like 85 years, so that's my lifetime, my parents' lifetime, and that's probably like a little bit touching into my grandparents' lifetime. So that's a long time California has been hit with a hurricane, or at least people over there in the West Coast haven't. So that's the reason why it came close to my mind first thing foremost. So not to disparage anybody else, but that's just me being me. Now, getting away from that, sorry, I had to go into the National Food Days of the Week. Today is August the 20th. It is Chocolate Pecan Pie Day, as well as Bacon Lover's Day. Tomorrow, August 21st, it is Spumani Day, which is a uh, ice cream day, as well as Sweet Tea Day. August 22nd, it is Eat a Peach Day, and also Pecan Torte Day. I believe that's how you say it, or Tortique Day. August 23rd, Sponge Cake Day, as well as Cuban Sandwich Day. August 24th, Waffle Day and Peach Pie Day. Then Friday, we have Banana Split Day and Whiskey Sour Day. Please drink responsibly with that. And then the round is off August 26th. It is Cherry Popsicle Day. Now, the title of today's episode is um, Treacherous Actions. And I hope as you go through some of these topics that I'm going to be listing off and reading to you, you're going to understand why I titled this Treacherous Actions, especially the first one where I talk about the Hawaiian uh, wildfires that happened over there in Maui and like some of the things that's coming out about it, the sneakiness, but I'll get more into that when I talk about it. But I want to say this first of all, before I get to the news topics, wherever you are, if you have someone that you love and care for, I would like for you to put your differences aside and call them up this past week. I had a uh, situation I had to take care of. And at first, I was willing to take care of it. Be like, okay, cool, fine. It's family. But then an incident happened, and I got extremely pissed off. And I mean, to the point that I threw my hands up, and I was walking out, and I was done. And I had a chat with my mother, and she put things in perspective for me. And I had to take a couple hours to blow some steam off, but I went back to the situation at hand, and I had to handle it, and I was able to, as I said, put situations above my own personal uh, feelings about things, and I was able to handle it, and we're still handling it now, but let this be a lesson to anybody. Please, if you have someone 
that you know you could talk to, talk to them about anything. Because they will put your uh, priorities in check and they will get you right back on the path that you should be walking on. I, If you don't have someone like that, I encourage you to find someone that you could talk to, that you can uh, be vulnerable to. I'm glad that I have family, more so my mother and my uh, sibling that I can speak to about that. But again, if you don't have someone, I encourage you, please find someone, whether it be a therapist or um, try to make little, I would say little alliances in your workplace so that that alliance could even grow into a friendship or whatever you may donate or want it to uh, become. But yeah. That just wanted to throw it out there because if I'm reading news topics, everyone, and I'm breaking down uh, even people's personal situations, I think from time to time I need to talk about my own personal issues on this thing to at least uh, be vulnerable with you guys, the audience. So that's just a little bit of my breaking down the walls of who I am and letting you guys into what I'm dealing with, or at least my mindset right now of what I was uh, dealing with this past week. But again, find someone that you care about, that you know cares about you, and uh, just have some little talks with them so they can get your mind set right and your priorities in checked and aligned. But yeah, now moving on to Maui and the wildfires that happened there. Um, first of all, most still hearts and prayers out to everybody that's down there, but I do want to talk about something. Um, it came to everyone's, well, at least to my understanding, everyone's uh, notice that the head of the Maui Emergency Management Agency, uh, he resigned this past Thursday, and he did that in a meeting, but he resigned uh, to the mayor, and the mayor accepted his resignation effective immediately. He would cite that he has unspecified health reasons with no further details provided. Now, cool, he resigned. However, the big thing that comes about, about this is that people are still on his head for not alerting the sirens that people could have used at that time when the wildfires were going down in Maui. Because if people would have heard the sirens, people would have moved out of their homes, people would have saw the fires, they would at least would be able to grab some of their stuff and actually try to leave out of their area, at least in a fast pace, instead of not hearing the sirens, which would ultimately end up happening. And they're in the situation that they're in now. A lot of people without homes, uh, damages to their homes, their properties are basically gone, their valuables are gone, certain people have family members that are still not being accounted for, right now they're saying that it's 900 plus people still have not been accounted for from this Maui uh, wildfires, and before he would resign, I believe they did like some uh, press conference this past week, and when somebody asked him about hey, do you regret not sounding off the alarms or the sirens? He says, nope, I don't regret it because those sirens are basically for tsunamis. If a tsunami's coming around, that's when you alert the sirens. But then he also said in that exact same press conference that uh, if you would have sounded off the sirens, nobody would have heard it anyway because of people having their air conditioners on and other things. And I'm just thinking to myself, as I heard that, I thought to myself, that's a crock of garbage. Which one is it? Is the sirens for the tsunami that you said, or is it because you think that people will not have heard it? See, you failed. Personally, you failed. So now you're trying to take the easy way out, which is resigning. And again, I don't think he has specific, uh, I don't think he has any type of health reasons, to be honest. I think he's resigning because the heat got too much to him, and I think the mayor told him to resign, and that's the reason why he did resign. And now they're trying to look for someone to take that position and at least try to help out any way that they can. Now, here's where I am with this. And it's moving off of the resignation of the guy that blew, uh, not blowing the sirens. Here's my thing with the Maui wildfires right now. There was something circulating on social media this past week, and is that people in Maui are starting to get eviction notices. People that have homes that probably didn't get touched as bad, they're starting to get eviction notice saying, hey, yo, you got to leave your home, leave this area. And people are trying to say that those homes and that land is starting to become up on the auction block and people are starting to buy these areas. Now, do I know much about it? No. 
However, I would like to read you something because right now this could kind of play into this. There has been some uh, tourists that are starting to go into the Maui area, go into Hawaii, and people have been venting about this on social media, uh, saying they have vented on social media, posting videos of tourists enjoying holiday activities like snorkeling while the death toll in the historic resort town of Lahina passes 100 and is rising every day. Our community needs time to heal, grieve, and restore. Hawaiian actor Jason Momoa said on Instagram, urging tourists to cancel their trips. Authorities and businesses have welcomed the trickle of travelers, saying it will lessen the blow to the island's economy, which relies heavily on tourism. The industry is Maui's economic engine, generating 80% of its wealth, according to the island's Economic Development Board. Now, with that being the case, people going down there and enjoying their holiday, well, the last bit of their holiday before their kids or whoever got to go back to school because that's the big thing right now. Um, I could see some business owners wanting to grab some of the land that's down there that's been burnt down and been burnt to a crisp because right now you're at literally ground zero. You're at the foundation block. You're at the ground. So you can see and think of, okay, I can build up a business here. Or I can buy this land and build up a home as a vacation home for me and my family now. Again, I'm not so certain of what's going down. You probably got to do your Googles and more searching for that yourself on the whole eviction stuff. But once it did pop up on uh, social media and start making this rounds, it would be not right of me not to at least mention this. Because I've talked about how I believe it was uh, Bill Gates. He bought up some acres in America. And that was weird to me how a businessman would just be a able to buy up these hundreds of acres in America. And I think I said this about a year ago. And I just want people to start noticing what's going down now. Because a wreckage, well, not a wreckage, because a wreckage requires storms. But a big burning situation happened in Hawaii. And now everybody's at ground zero. Everybody's at the bottom. And a lot of people do not have their stuff. So this makes it perfect for businessmen and women to go down there to decide which places they want to buy land and acquire that land, whether it's for the company or for themselves personally. So right now, it hasn't made like the official waves of the big national news publication of the ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, CNN, all that type of media companies. But I suspect within this following week, or if not this week, the next week after, uh, it should start hitting the airwaves and hopefully we will get more information to come out about it. But again, I don't like that. If this is true, companies are able to just to go down there and start picking off of people's misfortune because think about it, your whole livelihood just went up in flames. And now if your home didn't get touched or it just got touched just a small bit and you're getting hit with an eviction notice, what type of crap is this? And this is all legal. Apparently, it's all legal. Again, I don't know much, but I want to really understand how people are able to get away with this. Again, this is above my pay grade. Hopefully, we'll find out more about it this upcoming week, and I'll try to find what I can find about it, and I'll bring it back to you, uh, whether it be next Sunday's episode or this week's midweek breakdown on Wednesday. But that's just want to keep you guys in the loop of what's going down over there in Maui. But again, hearts and prayers to the people over there that lost everything. And again, I hope you guys do find your loved ones. And for the people that lost loved ones, again, hearts and prayers to you all. Now, move over to Mississippi, where a Mississippi judge declares mistrial for two white men charged an attack on black FedEx driver, citing errors by police. Brandon Chase and his father, Gregory Chase, are charged with attempted first-degree murder, conspiracy, and shooting into the vehicle driven by DeMontario Gibson in January 2022. Gibson, now 25, was not injured, but the case, well, but the chase and gunfire led to complaints on social media of racism in Brookhaven about an hour's drive south of the state capital, Jackson. Judge David Strong said he made the mistrial decision because of errors by Brookhaven Police Department detective. On Wednesday, the judge ended the session early at the detective Vincent Fernando acknowledged under oath while the jury was out of the courtroom that he had not previously given prosecutors or defense attorneys a videotaped 
statement police had taken from Gibson. The judge said the officer also improperly testified about guns found in the home of one of the men on trial and shell casings found outside of the home. Defense attorneys requested the mistrial and Strong said he had no other choice but to grant it. In 17 years, I don't think I've seen it, the judge said of the errors. So with this happening, Gibson's mother bursted out with a loud expletive in the courtroom and left. The mother and son declined speaking to reporters. Now, for people that do not remember this, in January 2022, uh, there was an encounter between Gibson, who was a FedEx delivery uh, driver, and the Chases. He was driving a van, and the Chases, they were being nosy. Chases happened to follow the van and started to question, why is this van being in our neighborhood? And again, another case of someone being nosy. So as Gibson drove the uh, van around the pickup truck started to shoot at it, three rounds hitting the delivery van and some of the packages inside. So with Gibson not being hurt, you saw the chases get arrested. But apparently now from all the errors that the detectives did in this case, the chases were given a mistrial. So I believe the chases are now being able to just go home until the trial is going well not the trial until they do another trial for it because i'm pretty sure they're going to run this back again and hopefully they'll have all their ducks in a row and the chases will be uh found some type of guilty of something because there's no way you're going to be able to tell me that you can get in a car and just decide to follow a vehicle and then whip out your weapon and just start shooting at it. Now, this is all allegedly because you got to say alleged because they were not found guilty of this. This is all a mistrial. Um, but come on now. Let's be honest. Who can get away with that? I don't understand how you're able to say, okay, you guys have the evidence here. What type of thing? I just want to know how many errors were in this case? Like how many? Like, I don't get how a detective can make that many errors. You would think that the prosecution should get the videotape, get uh, anything that would give them a slam dunk because it just doesn't make sense how they are able to just allow the stuff just to go by. You mean to tell me that the detective did not give neither prosecutor or the defense a videotape statement that they took from Gibson I don't understand that. You would think that would probably be one of the first things. Okay, what does Gibson have to say about this? The person who was shot at, what did they have to say? Did you guys get their statement? Did you get something from them? Okay, hand it to me. You would think that would be one of the things. And you would think that both prosecution and the defense should get some type of uh, statement from the accused. What did they say? How did they feel? All this type of stuff. But apparently none of that happened. I don't understand. I don't understand how big of a screw up can you be? Like, let's be honest. You have a vehicle that has bullet, <laughs> bullet shells in it that was shot at. It's right there. I'm pretty sure they took photos of it. How do you, like, how do you screw up? I don't understand it. This is treachery. This is garbage. I hope they get another trial for this because. I don't like it. I'm going to be blown with you guys. I don't like it in one bit way or form or fashion. I just don't appreciate how we are just playing in people's faces now. Because you're playing in the mama and the son's face by doing this a mistrial. Hopefully they run this back. Hopefully they give him another trial. Hopefully uh, Demontario Gibson can get the justice that is rightfully to him. Because one of those bullets would have popped him. And he would have died for this. And with the stupidity of the detective here... They will be able to walk free off of a mistrial because of errors. That's all I got to say about this. Hopefully, as I said before, I'm pretty sure they're going to do this case all over again. And hopefully the chases get was rightfully coming towards them. Because again, this case was all about two people not being able to mind their own friggin' business. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But I feel sad for the mom. I feel sad for the son because this isn't right. And it's all because somebody basically being an idiot and not doing their job. And I put this on the prosecution too. 
Because you're supposed to ask for all these things. And they're supposed to give it to you. But apparently you like that too. You didn't ask for it. So hopefully they get a better prosecutor on this and uh, we get right back to it. Now, move over to Pennsylvania where a house explosion happened last weekend. Uh, the owner of the house that exploded in western Pennsylvania last weekend has died from injuries he suffered in the blast, which also killed his wife and four other people. Paul Orovitz, 56, who had severe burns over most of his body, died Wednesday in a Pittsburgh hospital four days after the explosion in Plum, the town about 20 miles east of Pittsburgh. The cause of the blast, which destroyed three structures and damaged at least a dozen others, remains under investigation, but officials have said... Orovitz and his wife Heather were having issues with their hot water tank. Okay, so they're kind of trying to say that that was the reason why, or they're at least alleging to that might have been the reason why that uh, big explosion happened. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, there was a house that just happened to just explode out of nowhere. And it was one of those things that I didn't know, like, okay, is that a movie set or what they're doing? But nope. That was a real-life situation. That was a real house exploding that led to six people dying. A husband and wife, three other people living beside the home, and a manager, Plum Bureau manager. So with that, we still have no idea what's going down. They're investigating it. The uh, They would say that the development is on abandoned mine land surrounded by shallow oil and gas wells, some of which have been abandoned. The two wells that are still producing gas are within the 1,000 feet of the home that exploded and a pipeline runs behind the development, but none of those structures have been identified as having been involved in the blast. So they still don't know. They're testing things out, but we do now know six people have passed away from this house explosion. So I wish there would be something to kind of alert people of what's going on with a hot water tank if that was the case but i don't think that was the case because think about it a hot water tank i don't think it's gonna blow up your house that bad i think it might pop a certain section of the house but that house got obliterated i mean just blown into chunks so i'm not certain if it was just a hot water tank i'm glad they're gonna do more things look more into it but um whenever they get more information i'll be back here with you guys to deliver to you now, moving over into another situation here, a Texas woman has been charged with threatening to kill the federal judge overseeing Donald Trump's election interference case in Washington, D.C. Abigail Jo Shray, 43, was charged after she left a voicemail threatening to kill U.S. District Judge Tanya Chukkan. Authorities say Abigail called Judges Chukkan's chambers on August 5th and threatened her life. She also called the judge a slave and threatened to kill Houston area Democratic representative Sheila Jackson Lee. In that, well, in that voice call, Abigail would say, hey, you stupid slave, N-word, but she would say with the ER before threatening all Democrats in Washington, D.C. and all people in the LGBTQ community. You are in our sights. We want to kill you. If Trump doesn't get elected in 2024, we're going to kill you, so tread lightly. You will be targeted personally, publicly, your family, all of it. Now, CNN will report that they did charge Abigail with transmission in interstate or foreign commerce of any communication containing a threat to injure the person of another. Abigail was detained by an order of a U.S. magistrate judge on August 16th and would be held until her bond hearing set for September the 13th. Abigail reportedly admitted to making the call while speaking with special agents from the Department of Homeland Security on August 8th. She claimed that she had no plans to carry out the threats. However, she also said, if Sheila Jackson Lee comes to Alvin, then we need to worry. So that's already telling you right there. I don't understand what's the infatuation with people's um, alliance with Trump, the normal people alliance with Trump. I think that people need to really look at politicians, whether they're Trump or anybody else. Like, dog, look at what's going on right now. Politicians are going to lie to you. And I don't get it. I don't get the fascination with people trying to really just, like, stick and stand beside Trump the way and fashion in which they're doing. I don't get it. I don't understand what's the 
point of it. You guys are really risking your life the way that people did last year. And no, not last year. 2021. Jesus Christ. You guys risked your life then. And I don't understand the point of it. What was the point of doing the whole insurrection deal? What's the point of trying to basically threaten a <laughs> threaten a judge now because of what's going on with Trump now with his being indicted? I don't understand it. I will never understand it. It seems like it's more of a cultish type vibe to me than a uh, stand beside person because usually people just be doing pickets, signs, and all these type of crap. But when you know that, well, a certain well, a certain uh, demographic isn't going to be touched like that. I think you can make these type of calls and threaten people the way that these people are constantly threatening people. Because let's be honest, anybody of another skin color or complexion doing these type of threatening calls, it wouldn't even go out this way. It wouldn't be right. Now, she did happen to live and they did happen to take her under arrest and all this type of stuff. Unlike my guy that I covered, what, last week? The white dude that ended up got shot down Well, in a standoff with the uh, FBI and he ended up dying because uh, I don't know what happened. Oh, yeah, he was making online uh, threats, quote unquote, to uh, Joe Biden. So, again, I don't know what's going down with all this. I don't know what's going down, why people are so psyched in their mind to do this. But, hey, man, more power to you. If that's what you're feeling, that's how you want to get down, you go ahead and do that. Just know that Donald Trump ain't thinking about you like that. He's not. He's thinking about himself. And again, I've said it before, you look at any politician that you want, they're all full of hopes and dreams, and a lot of them not going to be able to fill those, and also a lot of them are lying. But if you're saddling with, siding with Donald Trump in this situation, just know he doesn't really care about you like that if you're not in his tax bracket, or at least close to the rich people tax bracket. If you're a commoner, please don't think he's, with you. Please don't think that. He's a businessman. He wants to run a business. He has to do his own thing. But again, you pick whatever you want to do. You just got to live with that. That's all it is. But please, if you are siding with Trump, please do not make any more stupid calls like this. Please don't try to be a dumb idiot like this woman here or anybody else is going to be threatening uh, another politician online. Because when you do that, only thing you're doing is just hurting yourself. You're not hurting Trump. You're not going to make Trump want to pardon you because it's not going to happen like that. He's going to pardon people that are rich and that will basically put more money into his pockets at the end of the day. But you guys will learn that on your own when the time comes about it, or at least I hope you do. Now, move over to something that I found funny as this comes over from New York as they had the first ever anti-rat day um, in Harlem to fight the rat sizes of Crocs. At least that was in parentheses in the CBS News article here. Um, New York City gets tough on its rodent problem. The first anti-rat day of action was held last Saturday in Harlem. City agencies, including the sanitation department, team up to show and tell people how to keep rats out of the community. <laughs> uh, rats need food, water, and shelter to survive. Today we're going to cut off their food source and reduce their habitat, take away the places they live, said the director of the rodent migration. Okay. Continuing on an article, they will say Harlem is part of one of the four migration zones in the city that will get additional funding to help combat rats. Listen here. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're doing, but you guys should have been did something about rats a long time ago, dog. I Do you not understand why... The Ninja Turtle movie is positioned in New York. It's where rats are. It didn't position it over there in California. They didn't do it over there in Texas. They didn't do it over there in Florida. They didn't do it over there anywhere else. No, they picked New York because rats roam the streets in New York. That's kind of a thing. Rats are going to be there. You guys are way too late on trying to get rid of rats. Let's just call a spade a spade. You guys need to saddle up, start dapping up the rats, saying, okay, you're here, I'm here. That's about it. Put some type of cheese, lay out somewhere else for the rats. Because guess what? You're not going to get rid of the rats. It's not happening. The rats are here to stay. Matter of fact, it was funny to me. I believe there was some type of uh, flooding in one of the areas of 
New York City, and there was a rat literally floating on, I believe, a float, like, that you put in a pool, and he was just literally floating off of that. It was, went viral in one of the videos, and I laughed about it. I said, oh, yeah, rats are there. Rats are there in New York, and nobody should be shocked by this, but for New York to try to do their first anti-rat day there, kill rats or get them out of there, you're not doing that. You guys got too many people there. You guys too many, uh, too many spaces that rats are going to be around. Rats are there. They're there to stay. You better figure out a way how to learn to live with the rats. If I were you, you already got enough rats there. And I'm talking about people because a whole lot of y'all people be snitching, even though y'all supposed to be lived by a code, but you don't. So a rat dealing with a rat, come on now. It just makes a lot of sense there. So do what you do. I laughed about it whenever I was brought this and I just found it hilarious because again think about it when you have a rat problem you supposed to take care of it immediately New York City they didn't do that New York as a whole they didn't do that they waited for some time and now it's just there so you guys are uh, a, a day later a dollar short whatever that saying goes you're just late so hopefully you guys learn to deal with it and more than likely just deal with the rats that you guys do have now, moving over into BET News. BET is not being sold. Tyler Perry is not uh, acquiring BET because Paramount Global decided against selling the majority stake of the network. Paramount notified bidders late Wednesday night about its decision to conclude the BET Media Group sale process, said a person familiar with the decision who was not authorized to speak publicly, which they're doing right now. The person said the company determined... Maintaining a heavy stake in BET creates more value for Paramount than any of the proposals after consulting with a couple heavy experienced financial advisors. Now, some of the competitors to buy BET at the time was Tyler Perry, uh, P. Diddy, and businessman Byron Allen. And that's where we were at with this. At one point, it's going around that uh, Paramount was close to selling it to uh, Tyler Perry, but they wanted him to up the value of the bid to about $3 billion, and Tyler Perry said, nah, for that. So that's the reason why Paramount decided to keep BET. And in reality, when you think about it, Paramount holding BET and they valuing it at $3 billion is kind of crazy to me, but then I had to stop and think about it. BET has footage of rappers that are no longer here with us, and rap is, or hip-hop the genre itself is still celebrating its 50th uh, anniversary, the 50th birthday, if you will, of uh, hip-hop. So imagine the type of footage that they have of previous rappers that did ciphers or appearances that you can't find nowhere else in BET, just have it in their vault. So Paramount holding it, I understand that, but again, I don't see how you can value BET at $3 billion. I just think that somebody got extremely greedy and they think that a black, like, <laughs> big businessman was going to really pay the $3 billion. That wasn't going to happen. I think, again, they're just going to hold on to it and just wait for that nostalgia cloud to keep going. And just whenever they want to really sell it, they're going to actually sell it for actual substantial right price. Again, $3 billion, that's a lot. $1 billion, I would be like, okay, cool. You're, you're, you're getting a little bit too gritty, but okay, $1 billion is enough because... I'm not discrediting the television shows that they do have. They have the 106 of Parks, which have the old music videos, which have the... Uh, I would still think they should have like the rights to those music videos, at least that aired on the show, at least a percentage. So, again, you have that. You have the old uh, BET-like shows, like the reality... Not reality. Yeah, reality shows and scripted shows as well. So, again, $3 billion, a lot. $1 billion. You're pushing the limit, but I guess, and I think that somebody would have bought it for $1 billion, but just to see that you don't have Tyler Perry or Puff or a Byron Allen owning it is still crazy to me that it's still in the hands of Caucasian people. It's still nuts. BET, Black Entertainment Television, hopefully it gets back in the hands of a black person again because that just sounds wrong. BET being in the hands of a someone else that's not black is still just weird, but... Uh, that's how the world works, right? Now, moving over into Apple, as has been reported by CBS News, millions of Apple customers to get payment of up to 
$90 in iPhone battery gate settlement. Okay, millions of iPhone owners whose older devices slow down after software updates may soon receive a payday. With individuals possibly receiving up to $90 each, Apple will soon be paying out between $310 million and $500 million to up to roughly 3 million users of many pre-2018 model iPhones. Lawyers for Apple customers said in a statement the payouts will go to affected users who filed claims against the tech giant in 2020 for an issue that became known as BatteryGate. We can finally provide imminent cash payments to impacted Apple customers, said a partner at Crochet, Pert, and McCarty, one of the firms handling the suit on behalf of Apple customers. The settlement comes after a judge dismissed Apple's appeal to a challenge, a class action lawsuit filed against the tech giant in 2017, clearing the path for consumers impacted by software throttling to receive settlement payments, the lawyers would say. Now, what does this mean or what does this whole suit come back to? Okay, it refers to uh, software throttling, which refers to software updates provided by Apple for its earlier iPhone models, which had low capability of batteries that wore out over time. The iOS updates purposefully slowed down the overall performance of users' iPhones when an aging battery was detected in order to prevent the devices from shutting down completely during peak current demands. So what that means, at least in my understanding, is that whenever you have an old iPhone and the battery started to die out whenever a new iPhone kicked in because they started uh, inserting these iOSs. You know how you would get an iOS saying that uh, it's going to, an iOS update is going to pop up on your phone and it's going to say, we're going to update your phone at 12 o'clock through 6 o'clock or 12 through 5 whatever it is because that usually happens with my phone whenever a new ios comes out and this is setting up for slowly by slowly bit by bit your phone is starting to quickly die out apple is starting to kill your battery on purpose so you will have no other choice to buy a newer phone that's my understanding of it because boy oh boy i've had so many iPhones and constantly whenever a new iPhone comes out I always know okay I'm on the clock here they're going to try to take my phone out they're going to try to take the battery out and try to make me do these new iOS's and even though you don't as the consumer you might not agree to these iOS updates your phone's going to do it anyway you can try to decline it and like prolong it as much as you can because trust me I have done it with some of my older phones but somehow some way it's always going to pop up and it's always going to do it and now your phone has that iOS update and again you're on the clock okay when is it going to quickly start showing that you might have charged it up an hour ago and is that 100% you use it and literally within 30 minutes later your phone starts to get hot and the battery starts going down that's my understanding of this whole suit so now with saying all of that, Apple has to pay collectively almost $500 million. The lowest is $310 million. But individuals within this suit, they're going to be getting from $65 to the highest is $90. And that's not a lot of money. $90 is not a lot of money. $65 isn't a lot of money. What someone should have said in this class action suit is that, yo, dog, I just want the newest iPhone. Hand me the newest iPhone and call it a day. That's how you really would get Apple to really start paying attention to not try to cause your older phones to get updated with the iOS. What well, features? Because Apple, they're tech whiz. They know how to make sure your phone doesn't get updated with iOS stuff. But again, I'll have to talk to a tech person. And I mean someone that's real like into techie iPhones more specifically to really inform me how this stuff goes down because I just have a real simple mind. I think that Apple should know what they're doing and I think Apple does because if they didn't, trust me, we wouldn't be in this uh, class action suit right here. This thing wouldn't even be around, but since it was, I think Apple knows what they're doing and Apple's been knowing what they're doing. They just got played out and caught, but somebody jigged the judge, bro, just to say the lowest that you can get is 65 The highest you can get is $90. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. You should say that each person should be able to get a new iPhone 
And if they don't want to get a new iPhone, here's the money that you can't get and allow these people to make those choices. That would be my idea. But again, I'm not a judge. Who am I, right? So with that, Apple, do better. Hopefully you guys will stop trying to persuade or try to get the older uh, phone models to update to the newest uh, iOS uh, procedures. But until then, we'll have to wait and see. And anybody that has an old Apple iPhone, try to stall as much as you can until you get enough money or until you made the decision to buy a newer version of uh, an iPhone. Now, moving over into Hollywood news, I want to talk about Lizzo right now. Lizzo is still facing uh, lawsuits from her former dancers accusing her of sexual harassment and fat shaming. But this past week, Lizzo's dance troupe has uh, decided to honor Lizzo with an Instagram post. They will put, we have been so honored to share the stage with such an amazing talent, the commitment to character and culture taking precedence over every movement and moment has been one of the greatest lessons and blessings that we could possibly ask for. They would post in their Instagram post. They will say more, but you get my point here. They're praising Lizzo. And here's my thing with it. I understand they're trying to support Lizzo, but I think people are just going to think that it's them like covering for Lizzo or trying to just uh, basically put some light on their current employer, which Again, we all don't know what really went down with this lawsuit. We got people alleging, as I said, fat shaming. Uh, huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just the idea of Lizzo fat shaming. I don't think it was that bad when I really stopped to think about it. I don't think Lizzo completely fat shamed. I think she just probably made a couple comments about them gaining weight. Because, again, you're dancers. You got to move around on the stage and all that. I have never went to a Lizzo concert or anything of that nature. But... You're moving around, you have lights on you, and if you want to see your dancers hit a move or hit a step the way they're supposed to and they're not doing it in practice or anything like that that you see, and you see them like a little bit heavier than what they once were, I think you are within your rights as a performer, an entertainer, to say, hey, yo, dog, you probably got to cut a little bit of weight there so you can hit the steps right the way that you used to do or something like that. I don't think Lizzo went all the way out like calling them like hippo, hippos or uh, anything of that nature or magnitude to that. I don't think Lizzo went that far. I don't think Lizzo was like mean and like disparaging of like fat shaming. I don't think that. We live in a way now that you can't even say a lot of things to certain people because they'll think that you're shaming them in some type of way, shape, form, or fashion. And some people might just say that is legitimate criticism because again, you're working in entertainment. In entertainment, it's all about how you look and your message that you're sending out. And I don't know what's going on with that. Hopefully, we'll see what's going on. As of right now, Lizzo has said the allegations are false. Uh, she said they're unbelievable and outrageous, but we'll have to wait and see. Lizzo and everyone else that's working with her and uh, the people that are <laughs> suing Lizzo, I want this all to end because this is all weird. Uh, business, but certain people have trauma. There might be some truth in it. There might not be any truth in it. We'll just have to wait and see. But fat shaming, again, Lizzo being a fat shamer, again, I said at one point, yeah, Lizzo said certain things, but again, just having time to sit back and think about it, I don't think she really was like fat shaming any of her uh, former uh, dancers. I don't really think that, to be truly honest with you. Now, moving over into ESPN right now, their report is that Shannon Sharp will be going over to ESPN's uh, first take, and it was reported technically by the New York Post, but Stephen A. Smith will give some pushback to that. Stephen A. Smith would say that Shannon Sharp has not yet signed on the dotted line with ESPN and the parent company, Walt Disney. Um, Shannon Sharp still right now is a free agent. He is not part of first take. He could be by this following week because the football season is about to start right now. They're still in the preseason. I believe this is like their last week of it. And I believe the week after this, they'll be ready to go with the first like first like week of the actual season for uh, NFL. And I think Shannon Sharp joining in on first take will be a great deal. I think it will help out uh, first take because people are going to want to tune in to ESPN first day to see the uh, chemistry of Stephen A and a Shannon Sharp and see how that works. And 
I think it helps out Undisputed as well. Because Undisputed, you have Skip Bayless, you have uh, Richard Sherman, you have Lil Wayne, you have like a revolving door of people just popping in to Undisputed to do business over there. I think it will help out both Undisputed and First Take. So we'll have to wait and see if and when the announcement for Shannon Sharp popping up on ESPN First Take will happen. But I'm pretty sure he's going to sign that deal. Also for ESPN, Pat McAfee, it has been announced that the Pat McAfee show will now be streaming on the ESPN platforms on September the 7th. So ESPN, they're making moves. They're doing what they got to do. They're starting to announce this. And I believe Pat McAfee is going to start dominating ESPN because they're going to take Pat McAfee's viewers that watch him on YouTube. They're going to at least try to uh, instruct them to come over to ESPN platform to watch him there. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. But Pat McAfee and his group of guys are funny. They have some insight on the game of uh, football. And again, football season is happening. It's the best time just to be a sports fan if you like hearing people talk about sports. More specifically, Pat McAfee, First Take, and Undisputed. Because those are the three shows that are basically going to get all the viewers. Everybody else, take a back seat if I'm going to be completely honest with you. But uh, we'll have to wait and see what all that stuff going down, but I can't wait for football season to officially start. Not preseason, actual season of football because I like seeing guys get hit. I used to play that game and hitting someone felt great, especially when you can hit people in person, like with your close fist to their face, but being able to tackle them and laying them out, it feels great. So just being able to see that is great too, but I'm still wondering about DeMar Hamlin. When the actual season begins, how is he going to play? How is the rest of the players on the, well, in the industry going to treat DeMar Hamlin? Are they going to take care of him with kitty gloves? Or are they going to tackle him the way that they need to tackle him? Well, we'll have to wait and see when the regular season actually does happen. Now, moving over into the movies. Barbie has passed The Dark Knight to become the highest grossing uh, Warner Brothers a domestic release ever. Barbie has grown a whopping $537.5 million, besting Batman's sequel, $536 million. People are really loving this Barbie movie, and I don't know if people thought it was going to be like this. I don't know if people really was going to think that Barbie was going to really surpass and hit these feats the way that it's been hitting. I think globally, not just America, I think globally right now, as it sits, is like $1.2 billion or probably going over to $1.3 billion and counting some more. So that's great. Barbie is more than likely going to get a sequel some way, some down the line. Uh, I I don't think I expected Barbie to do that well. I know it was going to do well, but I don't think it was projected to aim the way that it's been aiming up. Because Barbie is a legacy toy. Every generation is going to have a Barbie. It's a legacy thing. But you don't see like Barbie like shows. Like the only thing you probably see like on Netflix. My sister watched Barbie's Dream House or something like that on Netflix. But like it doesn't carry the exact same amount of weight at least in television and like movies the way that a Batman would or some other movies would the way that it's doing. Shoot, right now it's almost projected to beat uh, Super Mario Brothers, which is at $574 million. So if they beat Mario, they are literally the highest grossing movie in 2023. So again, congratulations to everybody that's like included in the Barbie movie that did the Barbie movie from the actor to the director and everything else. Um, but yeah, congrats to Barbie. I just didn't think it was going to smash this hard. I knew it was going to be a smash, but they're constantly building up the... Uh, money for it and people are going to constantly go and see it so congrats now with all of that being said i just want to say one last thing this is away from celebrity news and all that jazz um this is going off to the parents that are about to send their kids to school parents please be known let it be known that uh sickness season is about to uh transpire your kids are about to go to school certain kids are already in school and uh Everything's about to go upside down once again. Kids are going to get sick. Kids are going to bring that sickness to your home. 
please make sure you have everything prepared inside your household for when your kid gets sick, whether it be cold, medicine, cough drops. Uh, certain people are still wearing a facial mask. Certain people even go to the uh, links of getting uh, gloves. Please have everything in your vicinity because guess what? It's coming. Parents are already making skits about kids going back to school and then they coming back home with coughing and all that good stuff. So parents are well aware of this, or at least some of them are. I just want every parent to know, please know that your kid is going to bring some type of sickness towards your home. And I'm probably going to guess this, and I might be nailing it right on the nose, probably about mid-September for the kids that are already in school, they're going to be bringing some sicknesses back to your home. Or for the kids that are just going to school right now, I would say probably towards the end of September, beginning of October, whenever you start seeing your kids starting to get sick. So as I said before, please have all your affairs in order and please have all the medicine at your crib. So whenever your kid does get sick, you're able to hand it off to them. Now, having said all of that, PSA out the way. Now it's time for me to get you guys out of here. I want to thank all the podcast sites that I am listed on. I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, you know the rest. I want to thank you guys because without you, the podcast sites, I won't be able to get this podcast out to the listeners. And that would be you, the downloaders that are listening to this right now. I appreciate you, whether you're in USA, you're in Canada, you're in Switzerland, Germany, France, all these places. I appreciate you because I am just one small guy from a small southern state in the United States. And it's still so weird how this podcast is uh, able to just hit other places of the world. And I really do appreciate every single one of you, whether you're in the States or you're international. I appreciate you. Now, with that being said, always remember. I love you. 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 I do love you guys. This is not a gimmick. I really do appreciate every single one of you. And please, for the love of God, please be generous to one another. Please be kind. Please be courteous. Try within the best of your abilities that you can. I understand people are going to infiltrate you and get you upset, but don't let it take you out of the mindset of being a nice person. The best that you can be, at least. Certain people are still dickheads and uh, have kindness in them. That'd be me, but try to be the best that you can be. That's all I'm trying to get at here. Now, with that all being said, I hope you guys have a great Sunday. I hope you guys have a great week. Do know that I will be coming back as usual with the midweek episode this Wednesday talking about any and everything and also Saturday if you watch professional wrestling I'll be dropping a wrestling highlights of the week episode as well as next Sunday you begin two episodes you'll be getting a uh, all-in review that's a pay-per-view that AEW is running over there in Wembley Stadium this upcoming Saturday so you'll get a review of that pay-per-view next Sunday as well as your usual uh, Sunday episode of my two cents podcast where i talk about news that's happening in the world now with that being said i love you all i thank you this has been my two cents podcast presented by g2 he is i name him i love you all this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again and with that being said kanye can you please take these people home i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus wept. Uh-huh.